Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Small Town Podcast. Uh, today, I have joining me Elizabeth Speck, who is running for Greenland County Superintendent. How are you doing, Elizabeth? I'm doing very well, Jared. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. So um, I have a couple of questions for you. Mm -hmm. um, first, what is your party affiliation in this race? Well, with a write-in candidate, you fill out all of the various paperwork, get the signatures you need, and there is no party affiliation actually at this point in the campaign. I stand on my skills, talents, and passion, not on a party. Excellent. And um, I know for a write-in um, that you have to um, spell things correctly. You have to spell the name correctly. Is mm -hmm. that correct? You have to spell the name correctly. There are certain liberties, but the last name is S-P-E-C-K. The main thing, especially with the early ballots, is you have to color in the circle in front of the write-in line. So you color in the circle and you write Elizabeth with a Z, spec, S-P-E-C-K. Excellent. Excellent. It's a very important point. All right. So let's get into the superintendent questions. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What qualifies you to be the county superintendent for Greenlee? One of the huge aspects of a superintendent's job is the fiduciary responsibilities to the school district. Monies that come down from the state, making sure that they're allocated appropriately. And one of the things that I'd love to do is make sure that people know how much money we get from the state because there's lots of information that comes down, yet there's very little that seems to go out. Many parents, as I'm knocking on doors, have no idea how much money comes down from the states, mm -hmm. and that's taxpayer dollars. And we need to be responsible to the taxpayers for the monies that are being spent. That is a huge aspect of the job. And I have had fiduciary responsibilities. When I worked with the military, I was with the military for over 25 years, um, not only as a teacher, but as a counselor. And I was used in many other areas because of my mathematics background. Mm -hmm. And that opened doors for me to deal with fiduciary responsibilities, budgeting within the military system which is many more dollars than what we have in Greenlee County. But it would be nice if we had that many to be able to separate to our schools. Yes, definitely. So you mentioned you were a teacher as well. I have taught every level of mathematics from sixth grade up to second semester calculus. Uh, one of the things we all, every candidate that you talk to, everybody out there on the ballot comes to the table with a certain let of, let, a certain amount of skills in their toolbox, so to say. But if all of the tools are forged in one aspect, then sometimes the problem-solving skills are not there to take care of issues. Because I have not only been involved with education from the earliest part of my life, my parents purchased the home that my mom is still in based on the school district mm -hmm. that that house was in. And I grew up knowing that, and it was my responsibility to do well in that school district because of the high standing of that school district. I have taught, I started teaching back in the 1980s. 
uh, dealing with soldiers that joined the military because they were fearful of mathematics. And then <laughs> they had to take math tests to pass the ASVAB. Right. And taking them through their math phobia, uh, teaching them, teach, uh, being a tutor to the students. And I myself am dyslexic. I was told I was uneducatable. Mm -hmm. And I learned that it's just a quirky brain. It's not anything that is really a learning disability, except in a classroom situation. Mm -hmm. And it was not until I was out of that classroom situation that I saw it as very much a positive. Interesting. Very interesting. So you'd be able to empathize with a few of our students here, especially in the county. Huh? Uh, there are many students that view themselves negatively because they don't fit into the mold mm -hmm. of what is around them. And so they see themselves as less than adequate, but that is so short-sighted. I have a long view when I'm working with my students, I have a long view of them, seeing them as adults. Our own uh, children, we have two sons. Those were, they were homeschooled. We were over in Italy. It's what made sense for our family, mm -hmm. but I never saw my boys as children. They were growing young men mm -hmm. and the oldest is married and out in Alabama at flight school. The younger one is in Chicago running a co-op. Very different people. Oldest one went to four-year college. Younger one started working while he was in high school. Mm -hmm. His work ethic was such that the co-op he's working at has won national awards. Excellent. Well, that's wonderful. All right. So um, for, those of, for those of us who don't exactly meet with this uh, county superintendent on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. What does the county superintendent actually do? Well, as I stated, there's a huge portion of their job is fiduciary responsibilities. <laughs> uh, basically, the overseeing the daily activity and the long range planning. And because I do look at things in a multidimensional manner, that is something I look forward to bringing those talents for the Greenlee County families. Mm -hmm. That is what that and the, ma the major fiduciary responsibilities right. at that office. Right. Um, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off script here. Mm -hmm. um, wh what's in your view, what is the importance of testing? Where does testing fall in the hierarchy of learning? Well, a well-written test does assess how much a student is able to put across what they have learned. Mm -hmm. The problem is a one size fits all test does not test every student equally. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the problems in the educational system today. I was blessed to sit with the people who were my professors in the 1980s who were part of writing Common Core. And as I sat with them and I read through the studies that were being done at that point, it was obvious that Common Core and that style worked for 35% of the students. Mm -hmm. And that's great for those 35%, right. but the other 65% needs something different and there's nothing wrong with that, mm -hmm. but it takes work and effort to find what is going to ignite that 65%. Right. I know that there are a lot of frustrated parents out there with Common Core right now. Well, I've knocking on doors, there are a lot of frustrated parents that want to have input. 
And I would love to have superintendent roundtables. Mm -hmm. That's not something that has been done. Many parents have expressed to me the, just the fact that they found me approachable, that they found that they could talk to me, gave them hope for their children and their grandchildren. Excellent. All right. So um, looking at our county mm -hmm. and looking at our school districts, what needs to change here? I mean, you're coming in, you're a new, a new candidate. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your goals? What, what needs to be fixed? What needs to be addressed? What's maybe what's going well? Well, obviously there's a certain amount that I will learn if I'm able to be in that position because there are a lot of things that happen behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. We have a wonderful county. There's great diversity within the county mm -hmm. and bringing that same diversity understanding to the schools so that students see that they don't necessarily have to go away to earn a living would enable some of our students the entrepreneurial understanding mm -hmm. to stay within the area and expand this county to a level that makes it much more conducive for the students to stay. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a few stay one year, the next year, a few more will stay. Mm -hmm. And if students see that as being a viable option, that this is someplace positive, instead of someplace negative. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, my wife and I are entrepreneurs ourselves. We have a couple of businesses. My wife does a couple of her own things and we do things mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. as well. So I like that. Um, can you talk to me about Beyond Textbooks? What is Beyond Textbooks for those who don't know? And what's your position on it? How do you feel about Beyond Textbooks? Well, Beyond Textbooks has been run by the Vail School District a lot of money goes into Vail mm -hmm. because of that. A lot of money is paid. They set up tests. Uh, they set up a curriculum calendar mm -hmm. and people buy into that. Mm -hmm. And I have been under that as a teacher for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And I know that that works for some of the students, but it does not work for all of the students. Right. Okay. Another question. The rate of teen suicide and mm -hmm. uh, even not even teen anymore. It's preteen depression. Mm -hmm. um, youth depression is, is on the rise in the United States, just across right. the entire country. Right. What do you have? Do you have any plans or anything to address that here in our County? Well, because I've dealt with the military and I had soldiers that there's a huge suicide rate over that and dealing with the aftermath of it. And, the awful thing is when one commits suicide, then it becomes very likely for another one. Mm -hmm. I've been part of those intervention teams, but I've also been part of the prevention teams. The, there are ways of preventing it. You, you catch problems before they start by involving students in resiliency programs. Mm -hmm. I had mentioned about like story time. That's for elementary school kids. That's where we begin understanding the tools. Older kids need something different. That would be resiliency. That would be, guess what? Life is crap sometimes, but it's gonna get better. Mm -hmm. What doesn't break you makes you stronger. So how do you take what's broken and mend it properly? Uh, dealing with the aftermath of soldier suicide. 
has uniquely enabled me to be a strong and powerful advocate for students. My husband is a hospice chaplain as well as other things, but dealing with some of the families when I am at bereavement counseling, mm -hmm. I do grief counseling, I do bereavement counseling. That's part of my skill set. That needs that there's a certain awareness that people need to have. When you see somebody in trouble, there are a lot of kids that are aware, but they don't know what to do. Right. To empower a student to know how their words can pos positively impact another person. We don't know if we're preventing either depression or suicide or running away or drug use. But we know we're preventing a person from being broken mm -hmm. when we empower our students to help each other. But they have to know the tools. I have those tools. I have a desire to teach that and pass that on. And if a student knows, who knows how many of our students would become social workers, mm -hmm. would become guidance counselors, mm -hmm. because there are those that have that empathetic skill set, but it has to be enabled. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Thank you. You're welcome. One of the things with the Beyond Textbooks, parents don't know what is being taught. Mm -hmm. And my goal would be for parents to be much more aware of what's happening in the classroom. It's very much a one size fits all which of course goes back to the Common Core, which of course goes back to that research, mm -hmm. which is 35% of the students do very well under it. 65% have difficulty. Mm -hmm. And to be able to reach that 65% takes different ways of doing it. Now, as a teacher in the classroom, also as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, I have because I'm geeky and I like to look at research mm -hmm. and I like to look at things because that enhances my skill set, because I'm bringing things into the classroom that are different. I deal a lot with brain growth. There are whole aspects of writing that talk about how to work with students so that their brain is developing faster. If a student's brain begins to develop faster, they're able to take in the higher level learning. Mm -hmm. A lot of the common core has high level learning without brain development. Mm -hmm. That's what really got me into it back when I was in college, which is 30 years ago plus. But anyway, but with the brain growth, everybody can learn that. With the military, I was a master resiliency teacher. Mm -hmm. I involved, I was very different from the other master resiliency trainers because I involved brain growth vocabulary with the resiliency. Mm -hmm. When I did that training at CETA, there were some of the teachers in Graham County that just got so excited at how this could impact them as teachers. I want to bring that training 
to all of the teachers in Greenlee County. Mm -hmm. It is not something that's strenuous. It is something that is real and vital because it doesn't just help you as a teacher, it helps you as a person. Right. I was a different mother because I used that skill set with my students, with my sons. I'm a different type of teacher because of it. I build relationships differently because of that. Mm -hmm. If you know about resiliency, if you know about brain growth, it becomes automatic to look at people with more of a long range understanding. Mm -hmm. I also became a student of mind styles. That is how somebody takes in information and then processes the information internally. Those are two different aspects. Mm -hmm. When you teach, you're not just looking at how your students take it in. How do they process it? If you have a shortcut way as a teacher to understand that, so you can connect with students that are slightly different than the students sitting next to them, that makes you a better teacher, mm -hmm. but it also makes you more confident. It makes the whole teaching program much more satisfying. And I really want that to be an opportunity for the teachers here in Greenlee County. Mm -hmm. um, I've had wonderful talks with the teachers. I, of course, and Marinci, they're my peers. And Duncan, we've had conversations with a few of the teachers, and they love that aspect mm -hmm. because we can learn more. It sounds like you're not just focusing on what you're teaching, but you're you're focusing on how, or not not what they're learning, but how they're learning as well. Exactly, and that's where you get that sixty-five percent. Mm -hmm. You find out how to bring that sixty-five percent so that you can have proper measurable. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so uh, there are a disproportionately high number of IEP students mm -hmm. here in the Duncan School District. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's gotten so high, in fact, that we've kind of reached our maximum capacity. Um, mm -hmm. Julie Lunt, who's the who's the um, IEP director, of this the special education mm -hmm. uh, teacher, has actually um, gone to the board and, and asked them to uh, turn students who don't live in the district away so that we weren't accepting any new students from out of the district mm -hmm. who were coming in with an IEP because we were over capacity. Mm -hmm. um, what, if anything, is the would the county superintendent be able to do about that? And if, if you were the county superintendent, um, what, what maybe could you offer to kind of alleviate that or assist in that? Well, one of the things there's uh, there's a monetary aspect, so a fiduciary aspect for each IEP student. Mm -hmm. And how is that money being allocated? How is that being used? I'm not saying that there's anything wrong, mm -hmm. but that's something that would be looked at simply because there might be a solution that way. Again, I'm a problem solver. I look at things from multiple aspects. Uh, is there a need for somebody part-time? Could a grant be written to bring in an extra person that would be an extra support. One thing I really want to do for the teachers is uh, monthly giving each teacher an extra planning period because I go into their class and I do either story time or activity with the superintendent so that every teacher has, a, they know they're gonna have a planning period that they don't have to be present. 
I have, I mean, one of the things with the military, I've had so many background checks within Arizona. <laughs> I mean, I not only have my fingerprint card, uh, my son has top secret clearance with his in the military, which means I had to have a full background right, check for right. when he got his top secret. I just had secrets. So we had a, a good chuckle with that. But I have all of the qualifications to be in any of the classrooms, mm -hmm. to give the teacher a break. If they know they've got that extra time, they might be able to see a solution themselves. And working with the teachers, not telling the teachers you have to do this. Mm -hmm. We have some absolutely creative people within these districts that can support and encourage each other. Uh, the CETA program where we're getting together with Graham County, pulling out information, encouraging one another. Everybody needs a point, an attaboy, so to speak. Yeah. We all need to know we're doing well. We have some teachers that are working so hard and they need to know they're appreciated. And I want to have that opportunity. Uh, I can walk in. I remember the people that would walk into my elementary school, to my middle school, and speak kindly of my teacher. Mm -hmm. I look forward to that opportunity because our words have an impact on others. It's not just our presence, but our words and how we say what we say. Mm -hmm. And that's something that my background, my training has made very, very clear. I mean, I had wonderful older siblings that I absolutely adored. They both predeceased me, but my brother was valedictorian. My sister was salutatorian. Teachers loved them. They were part of the 35%. Right, right. And then they had me. And those, <laughs> those same teachers that loved my brother and sister told me that I was uneducatable. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because they didn't have the tools in their toolbox to be able to approach somebody with a quirky brain like mine. But because I have that quirky brain, I'm able to expand and deal with things in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. And I really look forward to that. I have some really great books. They're great books for children that begin discussion time. And it wouldn't be the same thing all the time so that the students have to talk to each other, mm -hmm. develop relationship by creating interest. Uh, my husband was a horse whisperer. If there was a horse that was not drinking enough, we would put a salt lick. They would lick the salt and suddenly they would be thirsty mm -hmm. and they would start drinking more and the kidneys would work. I mean, we there's so many different ways of approaching problems that are not putting teachers down, that are not putting the administrators down, that are not putting the students down, that are not putting the parents down. Hold it, there's something different that we can try. It's totally different from you're not doing enough. Right. And I would never tell a teacher or an administrator or a parent that they're not doing enough. I love, I had a parent that called me up because she was at the end of a rope and I was, you're doing enough. Don't worry, what else can be done? We got off the phone, she was so encouraged and so looking forward. I'm an accessible person mm -hmm. and people know that about me. Excellent, would you say that's one of your strengths then, being accessible? 
um, you could ask my students and they would tell you. Uh, a lady I was talking to a little bit ago, so I told somebody, all they had to do was message you on Facebook. She said, I, I couldn't believe it. You messaged me back in minutes. So that's what I do. Well, I know that I uh, personally messaged you on Facebook and I got a pretty quick response. So <laughs> thank you for that. So that works. And uh, thank you for sharing everything. Uh, thank you for coming in and interviewing with me today. My pleasure. I, I enjoyed it very much. And uh, I think you have some interesting ideas. And uh, good luck in the race. Thank you. I look forward to serving Greenlee County. Thank you. Bye, my little.